Welcome along to part two of this special edition of the Two Robbies podcast, the Transfer Deadline Day special. We're joined by our NBC mates Rebecca Lowe, Arlo White, Kyle Martino, Graham Lasso, and Neil Ashton as we put a bow on this summer's Premier League transfer window. Enjoy. We're live in London. If you just joined us today, these are your Premier League transfer deadline day headlines. Tottenham have uh, acquired Giovanni Lo Celso from Real Betis on loan with an option to buy. That was confirmed in the last 15 minutes. Everton have reportedly agreed a deal with Arsenal for Alex Awobi. Let's not forget, we still have an hour and a half for the deal sheets to go in to, to be uh, confirmed. And so some of these transfers will be confirmed in the next 90 minutes. This one's already gone. Romelu Lukaku to Inter for 90 million. He is no longer a Manchester United player, Romelu. Lukaku and Arsenal have bought Kieran Tierney, the 22-year-old from Celtic, the left-back, for $30 million. And how about that one? Andy Carroll, a free agent, of course, after he left West Ham United after chronic injury problems, has returned to his boyhood club of Newcastle United on a free transfer for a one-year contract. Let's take you, shall we, to Liverpool, to Tottenham and to Manchester United and hear from our colleagues here at Sky Sports. I'm Vinny O'Connor at Liverpool's Melwood training ground where we weren't really expecting too much action and it's been made clear throughout this transfer window by Jurgen Klopp that Liverpool were unlikely to do much business. They can't keep spending at the levels that they have in the past. It was interesting, however, when I spoke to Jurgen Klopp earlier today when I asked him about Philippe Coutinho and whether Liverpool had been offered the chance to take him back and it was a flat no comment from the Liverpool manager. So no big surprises today. Jurgen Klopp very happy with the options that he has. He has got more options than last season, of course. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain back to full fitness. Another option in midfield. Naby Keita, of course, as well, will be better for his first experience of English football and an injury-interrupted season last time around as well. So without any incomes today, the focus has very much been on preparations for the season opener against Norwich, of course. Liverpool and Norwich kicking the Premier League season off ahead of everyone else. I'm Paul Gilmore at the Tottenham training ground. It has been a busy day for Maurizio Pochettino and Daniel Levy, the club chairman. Uh, they are going to get two players, Giovanni Lo Celso and Ryan Sessegnon. Sessegnon joins uh, from Fulham in a £25 million deal with Josh Onoma, the young Tottenham player, going the other way to Fulham. Uh, with Lo Celso, uh, the Betis player, joins uh, initially on a loan with an obligation to buy for £55 million with £5 million add-ons taking the total of the deal to £60 million. So Tottenham fans will be happy that they are finally making signings again on deadline day. Four signings in total when you include Tongi Dombele and Jack Clark who was loaned back to Leeds. In terms of outgoing, still an ongoing situation with Danny Rose. Will he leave uh, before the deadline? Uh, that all ties into Sessegnon coming in. Danny Rose, you would think, on the way out. So Tottenham, uh, that's the situation with them. They didn't manage to do a deal for Paulo Dybala, uh, the Argentina international from Juventus. That would have been a real coup and an exciting one for the fans. That hasn't happened, uh, but they have been active in this window. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Old Trafford. I'm James Cooper, where Manchester United, I think, have had a transfer window to remember, one to savour. They've spent a bit, they've brought a fair bit in, but I think the sting in the tail has been that maybe the added quality that certainly the fans wanted and also maybe the management expected here hasn't turned up on the final day of the transfer deadline. Certainly, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer would have liked a creative midfielder, he'd liked a right winger. That didn't happen. What he has done, of course, is improved what he's got. He spent £140 million and in doing so brought in Harry Maguire for a world transfer record for a defender. He's got two exciting teenagers in Daniel James and Aaron Wan-Bissaka. And key on the end of the transfer deadline, he's managed to get rid of Romelu Lukaku. That relationship had broken down. Lukaku scored a lot of goals in his time at Manchester United, but he's now an Inter Milan player. But Manchester United hold on to what they've got and move on with what they've got. And I think for fans and for management alike, a slight frustration at the end of this transfer window that they haven't got the added quality that would have made them even stronger than they are going into the new season. So we are coming to you live today from Studio One at Sky Sports here at the Sky Campus in West London. It's arguably the busiest day of the year for our colleagues. And earlier on, Robiel and Graeb Lasseau went on the famous set. Joining us now are Graham Lasseau and Robbie Earle, who are covering Deadline Day for NBCSN in America. So welcome along. Thank you. Tell us about your show then. Uh, well, we've been working and covering the Premier League for the American market for the last six years, so it's year yeah, seven, isn't it? Seven years. You're not bored of me yet, are you? Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask. And obviously yeah. the, it's, it's growing and growing in America, and obviously this is such a, such a massive day in the calendar, mm. as we all know over here, and it's just sort of introducing the idea of, of transfers and 
and a deadline day to the American market. So it's uh, fast moving. Yeah, I mean, there was a big deal. It certainly is fast moving. Got some other news to bring you in just a moment. But let's talk Arsenal. Earlier on, Kyle said the most exciting signing of this window was Nicola Pepe for $88 million come into Arsenal. They've also brought in William Saliba. Kieran Tierney happened today in the last couple of hours. Gabriel Martinelli and Danny Ceballos from Real Madrid on loan. They've got rid of some players as well. We knew about Aaron Ramsey. We've all known about Lauren Koscielny, who has gone to Bordeaux. So that's Arsenal's window um, so far. We're still waiting for confirmation, of course, from David. Louise, whether or not his move from Chelsea has happened. So they've been spending, they've been strengthening have Arsenal Football Club. Neil, does that mean, therefore, that the sort of strategy and the structure behind the scenes has improved? Yeah, I think the structure, I think that word is exactly right, Rebecca. They brought in Edu, this formidable character as a footballer, but also this respected, revered person. He's now their technical director, of course, uh, Edu was in the centre of that midfield right at the um, most successful period, really, of Arsene Wenger's reign. Spent three years there between 2001 and 2004. But he's come back to the club and he's got responsibilities not only for the scouts in the club, but also the recruitment of players, bringing the players in, the negotiations and getting those deals across the line. Edu, of course, Brazilian. David Luiz, Brazilian. There's already a connection there. It's very, very simple for Edu to get this deal done. I think that Arsenal will eventually announce that David Luiz is an Arsenal player. But don't underestimate Edu's importance here. That, of course, they lost one technical director at the end of last season. Rael Sa- Sanley, of course, um, who is still at that club, brought Edu back to Arsenal. This air of respectability. I think that's what Unai Emery needed. That off the field, they just needed to change things a little bit, just to give Emery, in his second season as Arsenal manager, just a little bit more stability and also a little bit more guidance. And I think that is exactly what Edu has done in his new role as Arsenal's technical director. And they're all of a sudden looking forward to a successful season. Great stuff, Neil. Back with you on United in just a moment. And also in a moment, Arlo, um, Graham and Robbie will talk Arsenal. But a couple of things to bring you. Our NBCSports.com writer, our colleague Joe Prince-Wright, says his source tells him that Southampton are one of the clubs who have submitted a deal sheet to the Premier League by that 12 noon Eastern cutoff. And it is a centre-back that they are trying to bring to St Mary's. And also, I can tell you, uh, our colleagues Sky Sports just upstairs are reporting that Mo Bezic, another one of the deal sheets, from Everton to Sheffield United. So we're slowly piecing together the deal sheet conundrum. OK, let's take you to the newsroom. Back to Arla. That would leave only two deal sheets <laughs> to be confirmed. And I know Leicester City have a Belgian midfielder that hasn't been confirmed yet as well. Mm-hmm. So, hey, just keep with us and we'll give you the information as soon as we get it. On Arsenal, Graham, I'll start mm-hmm. with you. Defensively, uh, Neil Ashton was talking about stability at the football club. What mm-hmm. about stability at the back? David Luiz, we think, might be one of those deal sheets. And uh, Kieran Tierney as well. What do you make of that business? Well, Kieran Tierney, I think, is, you know, um, he's in the mould of, of Andrew Robertson. And if given now Andrew Robertson, been playing in the last season, it probably put Tierney's price up by quite some amount. I was really concerned about um, and worried about Arsenal's defence in terms of last year they conceded 51 goals. Um, I was worried about them because they hadn't signed anyone. Now I'm slightly more worried because they've signed David Luiz. <laughs> I'm joking. I think, I think, look, you get there's two sides to David Luiz. There's the exceptional talent that he has. Mm. There's the great leadership qualities that he has as well. He's 32. His experience is incredible. He's just what they need if they get that side of him. And if they get the other side of him, which is the inconsistent, sometimes, you know, he likes to take risks and he, he, he could have a negative impact on that back line. I'm banking on him having a really positive influence on, on that team and given the responsibility by Emery, who knows him well from mm. his time PSG. at PSG, mm. I think that will be a, a really positive move for Arsenal. David Luiz still not confirmed. No. Uh, you saw him training on the side yeah. at Chelsea yesterday, didn't you? Little did you know <laughs> that this move was in the in the works. Mm. You also caught up with the Arsenal squad, didn't you, whilst they were in the United States in California? What did you learn? Yeah, the, well, we spent a day with them. We had a media day, watched some training and saw games, did a few interviews. And it's really interesting, Neil, Neil talked about Edu. I spent 30 minutes with Edu. What an impressive guy this is. Talked about his network. Obviously, he knows the Brazilian market, knows the European market. He'd worked with Emery before. Talked about having two or three deals in the pipeline. At the time, he was saying that I'm hopeful of getting him over the line. And it was right at the time when Arsenal were going to start saying, we're only going to spend about £40 million. Well, they've blown that out of the water. Nicola Pepe has come in, an exciting left-sided player with lots of pace. And I think... Everybody got up this morning and went, Arsenal in good shape going forward, but defensively they look a little bit imbalanced. Tierney and Luis starts to change that, that outlook a little bit now. 
Yeah. Nicola Pepe, then, <clears throat> uh, Robbie's just mentioned him there. Describe his other attributes that he brings to Arsenal. Well, he's, he's so quick, mm. cuts in on his left foot as well. So, I mean, as a link-up player, I think he gives them options as well in terms of the shape. Of the team, you think of Aubameyang, him, and Lacazette as a as a front three. I mean, they've got plenty of goals. I think it's going to be a four-two-three-one, and you're going to have Pepe one side, Aubameyang the other, maybe Mesut Özil under Lacazette. Get the back right, and Arsenal could be in business. Cause for optimism for the Guna Nation stateside. Rebecca, <laughs> back to you. Arlo, thank you very much indeed. Well update you on David Luiz if that happens but let's turn our attention shall we to Manchester United under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer last season what a bizarre season it was when he came in after Christmas after Mourinho left his first 17 matches he lost just one game the last 12 matches of the season he lost eight and as you can see the stats dropped off a cliff for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at Manchester United last season so what has he been doing this summer well three players have come in Harry Maguire, $97 million, world record fee for a defender. 18 months ago, Virgil van Dijk was a world record fee at $100 million, but the exchange rate has changed. So this is, though, now a world record fee. Aaron Wan-Bissaka, up to $63 million. And Daniel James, the rapid winger from Swansea, for $19 million. And today, as you can see on the right of your screen there, Romelu Lukaku's gone to Inter for $90 million. They've recouped a lot of the money they spent on Harry Maguire and Aaron Wan-Bissaka. So... Harry Maguire, $97 million. Neil Ashton, our Premier League insider, who's been with us all morning. Was he their first choice? Record, I don't think he was. I think Manchester United will probably contest this now that they've spent this world record fee on Harry Maguire to bring him in from Leicester. But I'm told that Kaladu Koulibaly, the Napoli central defender, that that was always their first choice. That's the player that they wanted to bring into Manchester United. Long-term target at Old Trafford under, under a variety of different managers, but they just couldn't get it across the line, which is why they turned, it to ha turned their attentions to Harry Maguire. It took them forever to get it done. And I think they're a little bit raw, Manchester United, at the moment, about the, the splurge, the amount of money they're seen to be spending on signings. It's £950 million sterling since Sir Alex Ferguson left Manchester United. That's how much they spent on players. That includes the fee that they spent on Harry Maguire. Manchester United say that's undisclosed. Leicester City, very happy to say that's £85 million. They held out for that sum. They believe Maguire is one of the best central defenders in the Premier League, an established England international centre-half, one of Gareth Southgate's mainstays, a bedrock of that defence for the national team. He's going to become that at Manchester United. But I just don't think, Rebecca, that he was the first choice. But he will be first choice in the centre of that Manchester United defence when they open up the week at the weekend in their first Premier League game against Chelsea. Indeed, Harry Maguire will be in the red of Manchester United on Sunday at Old Trafford. I'm going to get Robbie Musto's thoughts on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in just a second. It's been widely reported, though, Arsenal fans, on this David Luiz situation that he was also one of the deal sheets, one of those six deal sheets that was handed to the Premier League uh, by 12 noon Eastern. Um, so Arsenal have until 7pm UK time uh 4 p.m i couldn't know 3 p.m <laughs> no 2 p.m 2 p.m oh my maths every year just doesn't get better till 2 p.m uh u.s time to get all the paperwork in and done it should happen david louise should be an arsenal player by the end of the day so oligana Solskjaer, robbie Musto, we saw that graphic from last season how it dropped off so significantly yeah. And you've seen what he's brought in and what he's let go. I know you're not happy. You think they should have done more. Yeah. So how do you see the season unfolding for him? I think it's going to be difficult. I really do. Um, I don't think they're going to get into the top four. Now, we know that he wants to go with younger players. He wants to have more of an energy about his team. And I, and I think that's a way to go. And I think the United fans love to see younger players, high energy. And there's no question, you could have a front three or four that's very, very quick with Rashford Martial, Mason Greenwood, the 17-year-old, that's looked quick and brilliant in pre-season. Uh, Daniel James. Daniel James as well, yeah. of course, from Swansea City as well. So that looks really, really good. I worry about teams going to Old Trafford that sit behind the ball in kind of a low, compact situation. Where's the creativity to get in behind? Now, if Martial and Rashford can have career seasons and score the type of goals that sometimes when you look at them play, their talent seems that they can get, but we haven't really seen it yet in big numbers, then great. If Paul Pogba has, has got is the attitude is right and he can drive on from midfield, if, if Solskjaer can sort out a, a situation where Pogba can affect things going forward and you have a little bit other insurance defensively, it might work out. I mean, defensively, uh, it's not all negative. You know, defensively, much better. Much better with Harry Maguire and Wan-Bissaka, who's been excellent in pre-season. I just think when you're United and you see Spurs and Arsenal finding really good players, midfield players, the United fans have to be frustrated. Quick toughie for you. Which is the real Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? First half of his reign, second half second. of his reign? So you have no faith in him, particularly. Well, I don't think the first part can be. It, it can be. He, he, he can maintain that throughout a, a longer period of time, and, and we're seeing it. But listen, 
Maybe it's a little harsh. We'll see how they do, but I'm worried for them. Robbie Mosto is <laughs> back. you got to love it. Carl, your thoughts on Ryan Gunnar Solskjaer I'm a, I'm a little season. more optimistic. Manchester United fans, I mean, they're, they're typically not happy with me, but I'll actually defend <laughs> a little bit of it right now, where I think if you deconstruct that graphic that's completely stark in its contrast, the, the first part was the enjoyment and the freedom that he gave to the team, um, but, but it was an easier schedule, and they started facing tougher uh, games. They started to get bad results in, but also hit a wall. I mean, there was muscle injuries. The team was not fit enough. And so he spent a lot of time in preseason getting the fitness levels up. So with a young team, with a lot of pace, I mean, Lin, when you think of Lingard, Daniel James, and Rashford, Martial, listen, you don't see a, a consistent goal-scoring number nine in that, but you see a, every player can play a different position. Pogba's going to benefit from Maguire bringing the ball to the back and not coming too deep, and they conceded twice as many goals as Man- Manchester City and Liverpool, so they're better defensively. I think they'll be a little bit better. OK, chaps, thank you. Now, it's not a proper transfer window deadline day show until a player releases a statement on social media. Danny Drinkwater has decided on Instagram to tell everybody that he has gone on loan to Burnley from Chelsea. And I'm being told that Ryan Sessegnon has signed for Tottenham from Fulham. 19 years of age. have a brilliant season for Fulham last year. Can play at wing-back, can play at full-back, can play uh, a little bit further up the field as well. But Ryan Sessegnon, and we think it's a five-year deal as well, has made his dream move from West London at Craven Cottage to North London and he has joined Spurs. They have splashed the cash at last. We continue our dip into every club after the break. Can Wolves build on last year's remarkable campaign and from the money spent, Everton are also going for it. That's coming up next. Join us. Here's a chance to get yourself on TV. We want you to send in photos this weekend, all weekend long, of you wrapped up yep, in your Premier League scarves. Babies and pets especially encouraged, as I say every season. It's been three long months. We need them back in our lives and back in our show. Use the hashtag MyPLMorning and send us in your pics all weekend long. We're moving on to one of the surprises, if not the surprise, of last season, Wolverhampton Wanderers. What have they been doing this summer window? Ins and outs. Well, Raul Jimenez uh, has been confirmed from loan to a permanent earlier on this summer for $43 million. He's actually scored today. Wolves are currently playing. It's half-time in their third qualifying round in the Europa League against Pionic Yerevan. They're winning by two goals to nil, and Jimenez, Jimenez has scored. Patrick Petrona has come in for up to $25 million. They've spent some money as well, as you can see, on the left-hand side of your screen. And on the right, they've sent a lot of players out on loan and defender Courtney Hawes has left uh, to go to Villa I think I'm right in saying for four million dollars as I mentioned last season they were the surprise package finishing in seventh position with 57 points third most uh, points by a promoted club in a 38 match Premier League season so for more on Nuno Espirito Santo and his Wolverhampton Wanderers players. It's to the newsroom. Manalo in the chats. Well, so far, so good, Rebecca, for Wolves out in Armenia in the first leg of this third mm. qualifying mm. round for the Europa League. <laughs> if they get through this, there's another two-legger yeah. before they then get to the group stage. So mm. for a team, Robbie, that likes continuity, yeah. it was a relatively small squad last year with, mm-hmm. with consistency in selection. Yeah. Are you a little bit worried about the Europa League commitment? I am, but in fairness... This time last year, um, although we'd spoken to Nuno and he said, we're going to play three at the back, I'm going to get on the ball and I'm going to play. And we were like, yeah, OK, let's do ten games and we'll see. <laughs> he did. He finished second, built an identity, played great football. But my two kind of concerns are the no surprise package anymore. Everybody will know what they're going to do, so people will work against that. The second thing is that Europa League, we've seen it with teams like Burnley, and I know they're a better team and play better football than Burnley, but it is a challenge when you've got Thursday night football and then the demands of the Premier League, and you've got to get through both. So that's going to be interesting to see how Wolves deal with that. But I don't think they'll be in any kind of trouble. Still mid-table, but the Europa League might have an effect on them. Nuno sat down with us before the season, as Robbie mentioned, and I think he impressed us all with his, his poise, his confidence. We did their opening game, didn't Great we, as a, as a team? Yeah. Uh, the 2 2 draw with Everton, fantastic atmosphere uh, at Molyneux. Do you think he's instilled an identity into Wolverhampton? Yeah, absolutely he has, and I think that his, his character, his charisma, his, the way he treats the players, there's no hierarchy. There's a real group mentality, but he's still got the authority, and they've set out a blueprint there when they got promoted, bought players. I was concerned about the middle of the midfield, 
with Neves and Moutinho, yeah. I thought that's going to be too light in the Premier League. But with the back three, it's worked. It worked brilliantly. He was so impressive last year. I think one of the big things they've done around the continuity is they've managed to keep some of those quality players. I thought Neves might get picked off mm. by one of the big yeah. boys. You've got Doherty, the right back, who had a fantastic mm. season. And to keep those players together, then invest in a couple of other players as well to bring the team on, I think they're still in a yeah. position where they can continue to grow and develop. So depending on the Europa League commitments, they could be, Rebecca, one of the teams that push towards that top six this season. Arlo, thank you very much. And another team that are going to try and push towards that top six, Everton. They are spending money. On the left of your screen, Moise Keane up to $33 million. 19-year-old, really exciting player. We'll talk about him in just a moment. Come in from Juventus. Four other players, including Andre Gomez, which was made permanent from Barcelona. And I can tell you that one of the other deal sheets, I think it might be the last one that we were trying to find out who it is, Alex Awobi uh, is probably going to move from Arsenal to Everton. His deal sheet has gone into the Premier League, so they have just over an hour now to get all that paperwork done and Everton will be spending about 45 to 50 million dollars on Alex Iwobi they are a spending club Neil Ashton last summer and this summer they are they are spending big and they sense that vulnerability of some of the teams in the top four not of course Liverpool Manchester City they're well ahead of the game and I think Tottenham will be as well but it's that fourth place in the Premier League who's it going to go down to is it Arsenal is it Manchester United or can Everton sneak into it? which is why they've backed Marco Silva and I think you have to look at their results towards the end of last season when suddenly it all started coming together and that's why they've backed Silver, particularly that thumping win against Manchester United at Goodison Park. That gave them belief that the team, it's on its way, that it's in the ascendancy, it's improving under Marco Silva and the methods that have impressed, certainly when he was the Watford manager, just that short period of time before he moved to Everton, then all of a sudden his reputation is enhanced on Merseyside, which is why he's been able to bring all those players in. There'll be a frustration, of course, because they wanted to spend big, they wanted that real signature signing, the statement signing with Wilfred Zaha, but they've brought in so many players this summer that Marco Silva believes they've got a chance, a shot, a realistic chance of getting into the top four and breaking that stranglehold, Rebecca. OK, Neil, thank you. Well, let's assess, Robbie, shall we? Because we've seen Everton spend money before and it hasn't always worked yeah. out. Um, Jean-Philippe Gimamine for $30 million, Moise Keane, 33 If a Iwobi comes for maybe around $45 million. Your thoughts? Good? Good. I mean, I think when, you, when I saw just a guy on the leave the football club for PSG and Adam Ola looked that I really like to leave. I'm like, wow, two players I really like, they're leaving. But, of course, Fabian Dell from Manchester City will play in midfield, I think. Gibba Mean, you talked about $30 million for Mainz. Uh, but Moyes Keane is an excellent buy. He's 19 years of age. I mean, what was it, $33 million or something uh, dollars that he's coming for. He's got all the tools, Rebecca. I'm surprised Juventus let him go, but there's changes there with the manager and, and lots of attacking players there. That's a good deal. You know, whatever happens with him, they're not going to lose money there. So of all the players, and some of the younger ones that's coming into the Premier League, Moise Keane is a player that I will be looking at very closely. Indeed, he is his dream to play in the Premier League as well. Moise Keane's done some interviews this week. Um, Alex Wobie, I've just been told, is undergoing a medical right now in London <laughs> and he will sign a five-year contract to join Everton from Arsenal, which should be completed without a problem by the 7 o'clock deadline. So Iwobi will go to Everton. For that amount of money, we think around $45 million. Alex Iwobi, your thoughts? Lookman's better. I, 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 still, I still don't understand what they didn't see in Lookman. Every time he was given an, an opportunity, and it was rare under... Uh, as Silva had made up his mind pretty quickly, and previous managers just seemed to, to give him the, the last 15 minutes of games to come on and, and try to I, impact I, I things. I wonder, though, Carl, if it will be without the pressure of Arsenal, expectations of that club, but whether the jump down to Leverton could... Because could, there was flashes that yeah. he, he looked really good at but times. Well, it hasn't worked for him. I, I just think it's a little different with Walcott's older. I, yeah. I just think he's got a, a chance, Rebecca, just to reset a little bit. Mm -hmm. Expectations are a little yeah. lower. And he might, he there's might no do doubt well. There's talent. It's just yeah. end product. And with Keane, an unproven goal scorer as talented as he is, I mean, that's a lot of question marks. We've got a number of deals to be confirmed, so make sure you stay with us. Coming up here next on our Transfer Window Deadline Day show, we're going to focus on three clubs who will all have an eye on a top-half finish at least. Leicester, West Ham and Watford are in our spotlight. When we come back here on NBCSN. And now 
left of our show if you are just joining us this afternoon. Headline number one for you, the biggest one. Romelu Lukaku has left Manchester United and he is now an Inter Milan player. $90 million, the fee for the Belgian striker. In terms of Tottenham, two new players are in. Giovanni Lo Celso on loan from Real Betis with an option to buy an exciting, silky player. And Ryan Sessegnon, just 19 years of age, a six-year deal Sessegnon has signed with Spurs for $36.5 million. This one, though, is not yet done, but we think that David Luiz from Chelsea to Arsenal will get done in the next hour. He is one of the deal sheets, which means Chelsea and Arsenal need to get their paperwork sorted out before uh, 58 minutes is up. Alex Iwobi is having a medical in London right now ahead of a big move from Arsenal to Everton for around 45 to $50 million. Alex Iwobi, another one of those deal sheets, should get confirmation in the next hour before 2 o'clock Eastern when all paperwork has to be in. All day then, we have been bringing you our transfer deadline day show from the home of Sky Sports. This campus is the epicentre of all things Premier League here in the United Kingdom. So we have brought you a lot of the headlines so far. And as I say, we still have some time left before all that paperwork has to be in with the Premier League on some of the deal sheets going on, the likes of Alex Awobi and David Louise. Let's take you upstairs to the newsroom where it's all happening. This is where the news hits you first. So we'll take you there in just a moment. But before we go there, the transfer deadline day news, other than the headlines I gave you, Danny Drinkwater has joined Burnley on loan from Chelsea. Drinkwater's gone on Instagram to tell us that. Wolfram Zahar put in a transfer request yesterday. He is now staying at Crystal Palace. Some other news for you. Arsenal have brought in Kieran Tierney. That's a definite from Celtic, the fullback, for $30 million. Will they be adding David Luiz to the acquisition of Kieran Tierney? Southampton have submitted a deal we are being told for a centre-back, so hopefully some news for Saints fans in the next 58 minutes. And Aaron Moy has actually signed a new contract with Huddersfield, but they've sent him to Brighton on loan for the season. Aaron Moy from Huddersfield to Brighton. So as I was saying, that news from upstairs here at Sky Sports News is really where it all happens. As soon as any news breaks, it comes in right to there, and Ola White is there for us. So give us a little tour. Rebecca, it's still buzzing down here. It's been a thrilling transfer deadline day. Before I take you on a little wander through uh, the office here, have a look at these screens up on the wall behind me. The Comcast family. We've got Sky Germany, we've got Sky Italy, we've got NBCSN, and we've got, of course, Sky Sports News, who are our hosts today. We've been very, very well looked after. There was a lovely moment when Jim White announced that the window had closed. Uh, an outbreak of applause, a standing ovation from everybody here. People have been here since the early hours of, the, of this morning, working hard, concentrating, bringing all the latest news. And I think the two words on the, everybody's lips right now are deal sheets as we try and wait. And, and confirm as to when these late deal sheets are confirmed. This is the set, and you can see here Stephen Warnock giving us a wave over here. If we point to our left-hand side, Stephen's there, Kevin Nolan's here, Vicky Gomesal is there. Jim is over in the corner there, Jim White. There he is, beautiful little fandango there, lovely yellow tie as per usual. Uh, they've been bringing the action uh, to people in the UK and around the world on Sky Sports News. Uh, Rebecca, it's been a thrilling day. We've really enjoyed it. We've uh, got a, a little while to go yet, um, but you get a sense here that this is the nerve centre. This is mission control of deadline day. I think everyone's done a fabulous job today. In fact, here's Nick doing a cross, a live cross, to Sky Germany okay, as we speak. The so the whole family the coming together. It's wonderful to call on all these resources to enhance our coverage going forward. It's been a thrilling day here. They've looked after us beautifully. Um, we've still got a while to go, Rebecca, but I'll send it back to you. Arlo, thank you very much indeed. So we're going to focus on Leicester City now, a team that many are tipping to break into the top six this season. Yuri Tillemans, a real star when he came on loan last year from Monaco, has been confirmed on a permanent deal for $50 million. They also spent big on Iosi Perez, the striker from Newcastle United, and James Justin's come in from Luton Town for up to $10 million. Of course, they recouped more than enough, didn't they, with the uh, selling of Harry Maguire to Manchester United for $97 million. Shinji Okazaki's gone out, as has Danny Simpson. So it's very much a youthful feel under Brendan Rodgers. That really started under Claude Puel, but Rodgers has carried that on. If you just look at the, the ages of these players to the right of their names, and you'll see the likes of Harvey Barnes at 21. Ben Chilwell, you feel like he's been around a while. He's just 22. Wilfred Ndidi, what a player he is. Also just 22. So, Carl Martinez, we look at, at these lists of names and we see the money they've spent on a couple of big-name players as well, especially getting Tielemans yeah. in a permanent deal. Mm -hmm. Do you 
think they are the most likely team to break into the top six? I do, yeah. I think that um, it's exciting, and you have to think of a transfer in Brendan Rodgers and getting him to come to the club and what he's proved to do in the past, not only in the Premier League with young players, but when given time with a project. And, you know, I kind of liken Leicester to teams, and I know it's a lofty example of a, of a European team right now, like Ajax. I mean, there's this Ajax team that's thrilling everyone right now. People don't realize that when you have an average age of 22, you didn't just buy a bunch of teenagers. Uh, these are players that have come through and have had time to understand the system, be around the first team, get their opportunities. And slowly they've been transitioning away from this. Leicester won the Premier League title. I think Okazaki's kind of the, the last mm. of that group that was, that was providing a job that Perez might be the one to fill now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I always say Perez, you know, I like him. You love him. him. I like him. It's a little older. I think he's 25, a little older than that, the graphic there with all those 23-year-old uh, players. But I think with him, with Jamie Vardy, you've got Tielemans, who's a great get, isn't mm. it? It's a great get uh, for this football club. James Madison, you've got Ndidi there as well, or, or, or Chowdhury, maybe that will hold. Those fullbacks I like to get forward. And a full pre-season for Brendan Rodgers is so key for him because we know that he's that guy, the training ground guy. He's got the youth, he's got the energy, he's got the excitement. Top it's six. A new, a new signings. I, I, I don't quite think they're going to be there, no. Just a little outside. OK. West Ham United, uh, some people are saying the dark horse is going into this season in terms of who they've bought. And with Manuel Pellegrini, of course, in the manager's chair, Sebastian Haller from Frankfurt, Frankfurt for $56 million. Pablo Fornals, $31 million on him from Villarreal, a midfielder. Today they've brought in Albin Ayeti from Basel for $10 million and a couple of other players as well. It's been a bit of turnaround in terms of who's gone out. We know Marco Arnautovic has left the club for $28 million. Eventually, Carl, he left the club. What do you think? West Ham United dark horses for a top eight, top six? Uh, I, I, know, I know Musto is like in West Ham. I, in, a, in, a, in a second, he'll make his argument. I just don't feel as confident. And I think Pellegrini did an excellent job last year. But Allard comes in as um, a, a promising talent, but a, an unknown quantity. And, and that's the position that they continue to get wrong, which is why Arnautovic had to play striker for a lot of the last couple seasons and produced really well. And so I just I see a club that, that's not afraid to spend money and they've been spending money almost every single window. But it's all going to hinge on did they did they finally get someone up top that can get them consistent goals? It, like, like many teams, Rebecca, the striker is so important and new ones coming into the Premier League. Alain might be might be the guy. Lots of big name players and left the football club. But I do like West Ham United. And you said about Leicester, could they break the top six? I think West Ham have got a better chance to do that. What, really? Yes. Felipe Anderson, Manuel Lanzini, Fornell is a player they've brought in. I mean, there's a little bit of attacking flair there. I really like and respect Manuel Pellegrini as a manager, as a coach. I think the team will improve through him. Energy, creativity, skill, his coaching abilities. Again, like other teams that we'll talk about, it's going to be about the striker. If he does hit it off with the creativity behind, they can have a really good season. OK, more likely than lesser to finish in the top six, Robbie Musto says about West Ham United. What about Watford last season? What a season they had, of course. They were finishing in 11th, got to the FA Cup final. Their ins and outs looking like this today. They have brought Ismaila Saar for $36.5 million, which is their, work, their club record fee. Craig Dawson, Tom Delibashiru from, from Manchester City and Danny Welbeck, an interesting acquisition on a free from Arsenal. They've let some players go, as they always do, of course, um, every summer as well. Last season, as I said, really good season for them in the Premier League. They did finish in the bottom half, but 50 points, new club record. The best previous was 45. 14 wins, new club record. 52 goals, new club record. Finished in 11th, which was their best, because their previous best was 13th. Many thought they finished in the top 10. They slightly drifted towards the end. Um, it's been a relatively quiet summer for Watford, but in a way, it's, it's a good thing. If you're a Watford fan, you're like, well, they've got some players in. We've spent some money today, mm. um, but you almost don't want the attention. You want to fly under the radar sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it just smacks of being content and being satisfied. And we know that the uh, the club owners and the recruitment there is very, very good, and they got access to, to to great information about bringing new players in. Daniel Welbeck, that was interesting. He's 28, Rebecca, and I know he's had his injuries, uh, but as a free transfer from Arsenal, I, I thought it was a, a, a smart, typical Watford that just pick out, you know, uh, some of the better players that are available. Welbeck, I think it's going to do a good job for them. You agree? I. I, I, I agree that, that it's a good move for Danny Welbeck. It's, it's the right club to try and succeed. They can be a fast physical side at times. They can also put the ball down and play. You know, it's kind of funny. These Arsenal, and I guess you'd say he's more Manchester United than a Wobie and Walcott, but these Arsenal wingers have sort of left and, and, and gone on to try to find 
you know, new greener pastures hasn't really worked out for Walcott. We'll see if it works out for Wobie. I think of all of them, Welbeck has the best chance of a resurgence in, in his career at Watford. Now we wish him the best as well after an awful run yeah. of injuries. Danny Welbeck now a Watford player. Just stunned 50 minutes to go of our live show today. And coming up next, a familiar face in the dugout at Newcastle. Steve Bruce has quite the job on his hands. Plus, our Bournemouth under Eddie Howe, now an established Premier League club. Our Premier League Pick'em game is back. Head to the NBC Sports Predictor app to make your picks for free and you can win $50,000 if you correctly predict the score lines of five featured matches. And every week, we're going to have thousands in guaranteed cash prizes up for grabs. Let's take a look then at the five matches that you have to pick on opening weekend on the app. It's Bournemouth United, Sheffield United, which is the Saturday 10 Eastern game on NBCSN. It's Tottenham Villa, the NBC, uh, the NBC game at half 12 on Saturday. Newcastle against Arsenal Sunday at 9 o'clock also Sunday at 9 o'clock Leicester Wolves and the fifth game you've got to predict Tuffy Manchester United against Frank Lampard's Chelsea the last game of the weekend Let's talk Crystal Palace, shall we? Crystal Palace fans are delighted with the news that Wilfred Zahar is staying at the club, despite the fact that yesterday he put in a transfer request, but he has not gone any, anywhere. Out on the right of your screen, the biggest one, Aaron Wambasaka to Manchester United. Just over a year ago, not many people even have heard of him. He has commanded $63 million. On the left of your screen, James McCarthy comes in to join James McArthur. That's going to be fun. Jordan Ayew, Gary Cahill, Stephen Henderson, the goalkeeper on a free from Forest, And yesterday, Victor Camarasa came in on loan from Real Betty's Camarasa were with Cardiff last season. So to talk more on the Eagles, it's upstairs to Arlo and the boys. So chaps, they've lost Wan-Bissaka, but it appears they've kept Zaha. Mm. But what concerns you about Crystal Palace this year, Greg? Well, I think their early season form concerns me. Two wins up until December um, last season. And in, in the previous six seasons, only once have they got uh, 15, uh, more than 15 points from the first 16 games. So they're slow starters. I think with Zaha, you don't quite know how he's going to react to not yeah. moving. And then Milivojevic is still, you know, only got one year left on his, on his contract. So they've got to get him signed up. Those are my concerns. Sorry, Paz fans as well, by the way. Just to add to your concerns, a striker that will get your goals. Benteke, are you Wickham? Two Premier League goals between them. Somebody's got to find the back of the net. What I am pleased about, and I think Roy will be happy to get, Gary Cahill, James McArthur and, and Victor Camarasa. Victor Camarasa was, was probably Cardiff's best player. Technically very good. Cahill's solid. McArthur will do a job. I think they'll be safe, but I, I, I'm not sure they'll, they'll be... As high as they were this it'll, year. It'll, it'll be MacArthur to McCarthy to <laughs> Milivojevic. And that's, that's my problem in the season coming up. A commentator's nightmare. Rebecca, back to you. Alan, thank you very much indeed. It absolutely is right. Newcastle United, Joe Ellington, the big one. $50 million coming in from Hoffenheim. They've also spent money on Alan Sand, Maximine. Emil Kraft came in today from Amiens. Andy Carroll, we're going to hear from him in a second, has gone to West Ham United. Sorry, has come in from West Ham United on a free. And Dretro Willems from Frankfurt on loan. To the right of your screen, you can see the players that left. Uh, crucially, Iose Perez, who we've talked about already, has gone to Leicester for $38 million. So Andy Carroll, back up in the northeast. Let's hear from him. How does it feel to be back to the, the club you, you supported as a boy? That's an amazing feeling. Um... You know, on the way up, it was it was just uh, butterflies in stomach, and uh, couldn't, couldn't believe it really. It's been a long time coming, hasn't it? We were just saying there before we came on camera, eight, eight and a half years. You've packed a lot in in that time. Does it feel that long? Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, every transfer window, I'm sick of hearing it from you, but now it's finally happened. Uh, it's a great feeling. You were obviously keen for it for it to happen to have another another go here. Yeah, I, I think it's um, unfinished business. You know, I left on a high and. Uh, I want to come back and get to back back to where I was, you know, and uh, scoring goals, playing games, and enjoying it really. Some supporters congregating outside, wanting, wanting to speak to you. Is it how it was back then? Does it feel the same? Yeah, like um, I said before, it's it's an amazing feeling, and it's probably when I put the shirt back on, it's going to be probably a better feeling than it did the first time. You know, it's um, it's something that I've wanted for a long time, and, and now it's here. So after a rocky summer, Newcastle fans will be delighted with Andy Carroll. Rafa Benitez, of course, left the club during the summer when his contract ran out. Some quotes from him. 
July 11th, I must say I've had more meetings in China, where he's now a manager, with the chairman, the president and the general manager here this week than I had in three years at Newcastle. On August the 4th, just this past week, unfortunately, he says, as they say in England, a leopard can't change its spots. A lot of things kept us attached to the club, meaning Newcastle, to the city and to its fans, but a lack of project as well as unfulfilled promises meant we had to look forwards and follow a different path. I think the leopard there is Mike Ashley, and Mike Ashley gave an exclusive interview uh, to the Daily Mail in July. Some incredible quotes, including this one. He, talking about Rafa Benitez, took the totally soft option, took the money and went to China. Every time with Rafa, it was impossible. There was always another thing and the next thing and the next thing. Newcastle United could not have done any more to keep Rafa Benitez. Neil Ashton, our Premier League insider. Despite this interview, I mean, Mike Ashley rarely talks. He gave this, this fascinating interview to the Daily Mail in July. Despite what he said there, and he was very honest, saying that he, he, doesn't, he knows he's not wanted at the club. Despite that, he's still not forgiven. He's still hated by Newcastle United fans. They still love Rafa. They chant his name. What chance has Steve Bruce got? Yeah, well, I think he's got a better chance, um, certainly from this afternoon onwards, by signing Andy Cowell, a former Newcastle player, of course, someone that... The Geordies, some of the Gallagher end at uh, St James's Park, absolutely worshipped before he had that move to Liverpool, then West Ham, and of course now back as a Newcastle United player. But that's all very, very short term. The long term ambitions of the club, what's going on with Mike Ashley? For him, it's all very binary. To, for want of a better phrase, it's black or white. It's black and white, rather. It put £10 million down to anybody who wants to buy that football club, and we've heard from so many people over the last few years, all these potential bidders who want to buy Newcastle United, who believe they've got the funds, control transform this football club to take, bring back the glory days and those big runs in the Premier League. Mike Ashley's got a very, very simple message. Put £10 million down as a refundable deposit and then he'll sit round the table and talk to you and he's very, very happy to do that. But so far, no one has been able to do that. It's just £10 million as far as he's concerned. He's going to need three, four, five £500 million to transform Newcastle United. But... Steve Bruce, he's got a start here. He's got a player that Newcastle United supporters love. That's Andy Carroll. He's back. It's a short-term signing. Could be a good one, Rebecca. Kyle, what's dominating your mind when you think about Newcastle? Are you still thinking Rafa and the way it ended? Are you thinking about Mike Ashley and what he's had to say? Or are you thinking about the job that Steve Bruce has to do, as Neil was talking about? I'm thinking there's a cloud that just follows around this football club. And you can get lost in the minutia of... Um, Mike Ashley comments, and they're, and they're sort of rare and I think really honest, and most people won't want to believe Mike Ashley, but I, I think he's probably telling a, there's a kernel of truth there and how difficult it was to work with Rafa Benitez because Rafa Benitez saw how difficult the challenge was and hit a ceiling that he recognized while this owner is still there, as the fans have been saying season after season, that they're, they're not going to find the stability or the upward mobility that other clubs are reaching spending equal or less money. And so I, don't, I, I look at the players they signed and I think, you know, St. Saint, Saint, uh, and a talented, incredible player, taking players on 1v1 that has a little bit of a, an attitude problem based on his manager saying that. And I liken him to kind of Ben Arfa, who was there. By the way, he asked Ben Arfa before he went, should I go? Ben Arfa left to go to Nice. But it's just this, this interesting scenario of it still seems like it doesn't matter what happens. The sum of their parts is always less than, than Newcastle fans deserve. What do you make of the choice he's made bringing in Steve Bruce? Um, I think it's understandable. Steve Bruce is a Geordie. He's a Newcastle fan. It's a job, job that he's always wanted. He turned down early in his career. I understand it. i got to say, I'm, it doesn't uh, fill me with confidence that he is going to be the man that's going to make this team be successful and grow and prosper in the Premier League. I think it's going to be a struggle for Can them. Can they stay up? Well, Joe Ellington. Joe Ellington, sorry. I think I've talked about strikers, new strikers in the Premier League. He's got to make it. He's got to work. 22. Now, he's taken the number nine shirt. Andy Carroll was the number nine. I don't think they have a kind of a little argument <laughs> well, about that. Isn't there pressure to play Andy Carroll a little bit? The yeah. fans are going to want to see that. Andy Carroll is smart because he's going to be, bring energy. The fans are going to love him. It's going to be a boost for the football club, but we know about his injury situations. You can't rely on Andy Carroll scoring 20 goals to keep him in the Premier League. Joe Ellington has to do well. OK, from all the way up in the northeast down to the south coast, let's talk Bournemouth, shall we? Another season in the Premier League under Eddie Howe. What have they done in the transfer market? Some interesting acquisitions, not gone for big, big names. Again, Eddie Howe looks below the Premier League to bring players in. Huddersfield have, 
uh, sold them Philip Billing, who starred for Huddersfield, didn't he? One of the few stars for that team for $19 million in the Premier League. Arnaud Danjuma from Club Rouge for $17 million. Lloyd Kelly from Bristol City. Jack Stacey from Luton Town. And yesterday, I think it was, Harry Wilson has come on loan. A youngster from Liverpool Academy has come on loan uh, to Bournemouth. Jurgen Klopp enjoys sending players to Eddie Howe. Let's take you to the newsroom. Back to Arlo on Bournemouth. It is a well-trodden path, isn't it? Liverpool mm-hmm. to the south coast and Bournemouth. Robbie Earl, it's their mm. fifth season yeah. in the top flight. Mm. It's absolutely remarkable on the budget that they have, a little tiny yeah. ground, 11,000. You look at Harry Wilson yeah. on loan. He joins Dominic Solanke, Callum Wilson, yeah. Josh King. That's quite a quartet of strikers down absolutely. there. Absolutely. And King and Wilson, 26 goals between them last year. You talked about their fifth season now in the Premier League. No real drama with Eddie Howe. That's one of his strengths. Goes down, doesn't mind going down a league or two and looking at quality. Philip Billing, I think, is a great pickup for them. Gives them a bit of power and energy in midfield. The, the guy, Dan Juma, they bought in 21-year-old from Club Bruges. is a left sider, very quick, gives them a little bit of pace and something different. I just get the sense that they'll be OK. Yeah, and I'm in credit to Eddie Howe and the, the, the staff who are going to find these players because they managed to get decent price players that they tend to tend to improve the squad and I, obviously he's got to shore up the defence a little bit more they conceded a lot of goals last season they'll be looking to be stronger defensively I think the football world Rebecca has tried to get new jobs for Eddie Howe for the last five years <laughs> he's still there still doing a fabulous job for Bournemouth absolutely thank you Arlo still to come as we continue our trip around all 20 Premier League clubs we focus on Burnley on Southampton under Ralph Hasenhurtle and a new face in the Premier League Graham Potter will lead Brighton plus any late days we'll bring that to you next So that's a reminder of our upgraded Premier League pass. We've got the most extensive selection of Premier League programming ever available in the United States. Just go to NBCSports.com slash Premier League Pass. You can watch 140 exclusive live games and new this season full event replays of all 380 matches on demand. Plus, you're going to get special access, as you saw just there, to Sky Sports content, including the must-see Soccer Saturday. It's brilliant, as is goals on Sunday. Just part of the terrific collaboration between NBC and Sky, as is today's show, of course, which we're hosting from their beautiful campus here in West London. New partners, of course, NBC and Sky Sports. They've been hosting us for our Transfer Deadline Day show from here in Studio One. We have 30 minutes to go. We think some more big deals will still be confirmed. What do we know so far? Well, if you're just joining us this afternoon, Manchester United, the deal is done. They have sold Romelu Lukaku to Inter for $90 million. Tottenham have been busy today. They've added to Tongi and Dombele by bringing in Giovanni Lo Celso from Real Betis on loan with an option to buy and Ryan Sessegnon from Fulham, the full-back, wing-back sort of winger uh, for $36.5 million. He's 19 years old. Kieran Tierney has arrived from Celtic, 22 years of age. Uh, a full-back, a left-back for the Gunners. They are also set to sign David Luiz. That is one of the deals we are waiting on right now. On his Instagram account, Danny Drinkwater, the Chelsea uh, midfielder, says he has joined Burnley on loan until January. That deal is just until January. And Everton, another deal. Apparently, Alex Awobi is having a medical right now in London. Everton set to sign Arsenal's Alex Awobi for a fee somewhere between 45 to $50 million. Some big news still to be confirmed. We're going to continue, though, by popping it into all the different clubs up and down the league and talking about Burnley right now. They welcome back Academy product Jay Rodriguez uh, coming in for $12.5 million. Also, Bailey Peacock-Farrell, the goalkeeper from Leeds, Eric Peters from Stoke, and as I mentioned, they're Danny Drinkwater from Chelsea. To the right of the screen, you can see the likes of Tom Heaton have gone to Aston Villa for $10 million. And Peter Crouch has retired from football age 38 as well. So, Kyle, which Burnley do you think is going to turn up this season? The one that two seasons ago qualified for Europe or last season that that struggled against relegation? Well, we're going to see last season... Burnley that decided to play like the Burnley that we saw a few seasons ago. And, and, and people forget that that incredible season where they were able to climb the table and defy all the odds it was not a change of style. It, it, it was their, their, their style working so well, Robbie, of them being direct, of them being compact, of them being physical. They got back to at the end of last year. I think they start the season the exact same way. I like Jay Rodriguez. Yeah. I think it's a really good signing. I know he's 30 years of age. He got 22 goals in 47 in the, in the championship last season. I think that's good business. Danny Drinkwater on loan from Chelsea again. I think they're going to be absolutely fine, Rebecca. No Europa League um, yeah. problems initially. Dwight Gale, 19-year-old player that burst onto the scene, was really, really good. There was talking to some about him 
go into a different club and a bigger club actually overseas. They've kept him. Yeah. Decent window. I mean, they don't spend much money. I think they're going to be OK. Yeah, Dwight McNeil very much the breakout star for Burnley last season. Let's focus on Southampton, shall we, under Ralph Hasenhurtle, um, who came in early-ish last season. Right, they've brought in three players. Danny Ings for up to $25 million. They had him on loan. He's now a permanent. Che Adams from Birmingham for $19 million as well. And Musa Gineppo, who uh, has come in from Standard Liège for up to $19 million. Also, just to let you know that the Southampton deal sheet we told you about earlier on is apparently for Kevin Danso, who is a 20-year-old Austrian centre-back from Augsburg. We should get confirmation in the next eight, uh, 28 minutes of whether or not that deal's gone through. Let's take you back to the news. We're back to Arlo. They flirted with relegation mm. in the past two seasons, chaps. Are you concern, Graham, about Southampton? Well, I am. When the statistic, they've only won 15 games out of 57 at home, that's a worry. Mm. Because every team in that sort of position needs to be secure at home and needs to be getting goals. And they've brought in, obviously, um, the striker, Che Adams. They, they're going to pin a lot of hopes on him. Obviously, Danny Ings as well. They're going to need to score goals and get absolutely every ounce out of each of those players. I just think it's one of those cases, Ola, don't take anything for granted. It's two years now they've been in relegation. You think of Aston Villa, you think of Swansea, you think of Sunderland, similar situations. A lot of pressure on this kid, Che Adams. He's coming 23 years of old for, age from Birmingham. He's got 22 goals in the championship, was in the team of the year. year. He's had a good pre-season. If him and Danny Ings work together, things could go well for Southampton. A little footnote, he's lost his number two, a guy named, I think it's Danny Roll, who has been very close with him on the touchline. He's gone to Bayern Munich, so they're going to be different on the side of the pitch. One of his key members isn't there. We'll have to see if that kind of affects Hassan Hurt on the sideline. I think it's fair to say, Rebecca, one or two concerns about the Saints going into the new season. Thanks, Lala. There might be some concerns if you're a Brighton fan as well. They've spent some money. They've got a new manager in Graham Potter. More on him in just a second. Neil Mopé's coming for $24 million from Brentford in the division below. Adam Webster, $24 million they've spent on him, the defender from Bristol City. A couple of other players as well. They've just today brought in Aaron Moy, a decent signing there on loan from Huddersfield. Three players have gone out, including one of their key stars over the last two or three years, Anthony Knockhart, has gone to Fulham on loan, the midfielder as well. So Graham Potter, he is the new manager of Brighton. A little bit about him if you haven't heard of him, appointed on May the 20th, right at the end after Chris Hutton was fired. He managed the Swedish club for eight years, Ostersunds. He had three promotions from the fourth tier of Swedish football all the way up to the top flight, also won the Swedish Cup as well. He then he went to manage Swansea City for one season, plays lovely football apparently. They finished 10th in the championship under him, reaching the FA Cup quarterfinals. After he finished, he's a player. He retired, retired when he was 30 years old. He went on to study an open university degree in social sciences and then he completed a master's degree in leadership and emotional intelligence with Leeds Metropolitan University. We have a fresh face. We have a new style. We have somebody with a different approach, Robbie. It's quite exciting, but is it a risk? Uh, there's always a risk, um, but I think what the situation is is these did excellent work in Sweden, and because of bad recruitment at Brighton over the last two or three years, where the players they've spent money on haven't worked, they need to try and find a really super talented coach Graham Potter is the guy they've gone for. I just think he needs help. And one player to look out for, Neil Mopé from Brentford. 25 championship goals last season. Again, another striker that needs to do well for him to, to stay in the league, I think. Because, of course, Glenn Murray ageing and striker yeah, has been their him. problem. What yeah. And Aaron Moy on loan. That, that went through, yeah, right? That went so, through. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a Premier League player that I was actually impressed with that can help that side out. And it, it's, it's a risk in that Hewton was a sure thing, and I think that was why he lost his job. And I feel for him because it became a bit predictable and, 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 and boring for fans. But you got, sometimes you've got to be careful what you wish for. This is going to be a more exciting, free-flowing play, but it's going to be riskier. You never know. It could be. They could have found an absolute gem hmm? in Graham Potter. Three more clubs still to discuss today, and they are the three newbies. Norwich, Sheffield United and Aston Villa know all about the Premier League. They've been there before. So have they strengthened well enough to avoid an immediate return to the Championship? That's next. So many Germans. All the Germans. So many Germans. They go. Hand in hand. Hand in hand with their Park, park life. life. God, this is one of the greatest days of my life, singing Park <laughs> Life with Delia Smith. But, you know, I do love it. I can I tell you, it must be bloody amazing. You have, you have dreamt with this team. You've invested a fortune in this team. You've devoted yourself to this team. you had some great days with this team. You've had some dark days with this team. You've got... Moments of wonder for this community. Yeah. When you sing that song and you love it, what do you feel inside? Can you put that into words? For you them? just said the word wonder. 
Brilliant stuff on our promoted series hosted by our very own Roger Bennett is back featuring in-depth looks at the Premier League's three newest clubs. We're going to kick things off with Norwich and Sheffield United on September the 15th and then two weeks later we'll wrap things up with Aston Villa. Roger's been in the UK getting interviews with players, managers and fans as you saw there. So much terrific content. You can't miss it. We're actually going to be releasing digital shorts on the NBC Sports YouTube channel as well. So stay tuned for those. We'll bring you details um, about that as well. So Norwich City then. Delia Smith's Norwich City, their ins and outs since getting promoted uh, with Daniel Farker in charge. They've brought in a few, haven't spent a lot of money. They spent a million bucks on Sam Byram, the West Ham United player. They've brought in some loan players. It's interesting they seem to have gone down the loan route. Perhaps it's an insurance policy, whether or not they're thinking about possible immediate return to the Championship. You have to say, they've not spent a lot of money, Arlo White, in the newsroom, have they? No, they haven't. Um, Daniel Farker, gentlemen, works very closely with sporting director mm. Stuart Webber. And Graham, they've largely stuck with apart from the loan signings you've seen, the, the squad that got them here. 15 new players, uh, 15 of the current squad have signed new contracts. What do you make of that approach as they come back into the Premier League? Well, I think it's a very sensible approach, and as Rebecca said there, about bringing in a few players on loan. They're sort of trying to manage the risk, I think, of mm. suddenly going all in to staying in, in, in the Premier League. And he's backing the squad that he's built. I mean, they were absolutely prolific in terms of their goal scoring. 90, uh, 93 goals scored. The concern is... That defensively, that's where they where they struggle. The eighth best defence in this in the second division in the EFL with 57 goals against. So that's a that's a risk. It's a team that comes up maybe a little bit like Wolves with identity. Everybody talks about the standard of football. They'll be front foot. They'll want possession. Timu Puki up front, 29 goals. He's going to be important. Young Max Ahrens was in the team of the year, right fullback. Look out for him. It's about whether this group this group can take what they had in the in the championship and bring it into the Premier League and retain their personality. Rebecca, there may be a lot of people's favourites to go down. Maybe the Canaries can surprise a few this season. Well, maybe. I mean, it could be a risk not spending money. It could also be a risk spending money. Look at what Aston Villa are doing. A lot of money has left Villa Park. Tyra Mings, they had him on loan. He's now, they've now spent $33 million to bring him permanently to Villa Park. $28 million on Wesley. Matt Target from Southampton could end up being up to $22 million. And just look at those figures as you go down uh, your, your picture there on the left of your screen, just how much money Aston Villa under Dean Smith are spending. People have said, Neil Ashton, our Premier League insider over there on his desk, um, that... What Villa are doing yeah. has reminded them of what Fulham did last year. And, of course, that just didn't gel. They went straight back down. Yeah, it didn't work, did it? But I have to say, Rebecca, the driving force Aston Villa here, undoubtedly the CEO, Christian Perslow, a name that everyone will be familiar with. Of course, he was the CEO at Liverpool, moved on to Chelsea in a sponsorship and marketing role, now is Aston Villa, and undoubtedly supremely ambitious man. You probably saw in the playoff final when they won that, when they beat Frank Lampard and his Derby County side in the summer, that he was on the pitch with Dean Smith celebrating at the end. He wants to stay in the Premier League, Rebecca, which is why he spent big money. He's back Dean Smith and John Terry. He wants to keep them there. He's got a very, very different vision. He doesn't want to go back down to the Championship. He doesn't want to be making up the numbers. He wants his Aston Villa side to be progressive, to play attractive football, to bring the crowds back to Villa Park. Of course, they were touching 40,000 supporters at home last season. Now they're back in the Premier League. They want to make sure, Rebecca, that that is exactly where they stay. And Christian Perslow has got big ambitions for that club. Neil, that's your last bit for us today. Thank you so much for all your Thanks hard work. Thanks so much. Been, pleasure. Good to see you guys. Yeah, it's good, good to see you, you in you real too. life yeah. rather than <laughs> down exist, the line. Yeah, and well. we'll see you all weekend, of course, yeah, as well, because we're going to be here on location all weekend. Our great thanks there to Neil Ashton, our Premier League insider. So, Dean um, Smith, as Neil was talking about there, you get the sense he's, he's a bit of a star in terms of these new faces on the managerial scene, and you know him. Yeah, I played with Dean Smith at Sheffield Wednesday. The nicest guy in the world. Lovely guy, centre-back. He was the captain sure, of the team. invited me and my wife for dinner and stuff. What a lovely guy. Um, but <laughs> that's but, classic musty. No, it's difficult. But, it's it's going to be difficult. I mean, trying to create a Premier League team with so many new faces is difficult. I think the midfield of Aston Villa will be similar to next year, if not exactly the same. Jack uh, Grealish, we think, can be a star in the Premier League. Wesley is their striker. They need to hit it off. So, whew, I think it's going to be a difficult season to try and gel and create a new team in this difficult yeah, I, league. I, I, I guess when you spend money. Um, you know, Fulham or other clubs who have spent a lot of money as newly promoted clubs didn't do it on Premier League players that had any experience. So I guess you could say of, of Mings and Target, at least some players that have been in the Premier League that can maybe hit the ground running a bit. Grealish, it was a while ago, has Premier League experience and wants to prove he's capable of it once again. Um, you know, they spent so much money because they saved it not having the parade. 
you know, that, when they came up. I think that's, that's what <laughs> that's they want to spend it catch. somewhere. Well, we know that the future King of England is an Aston Villa fan. We also know, you may not maybe, that Tom Hanks, Hollywood royalty, is a massive Aston Villa fan. Back in May, on Monday, he said ahead of the playoff final, I will bleed claret and blue for Aston Villa, one match away for a return to the Premier League up the Villa. He went to the game prepared. He would have enjoyed that moment, and no doubt he'll be tuning in all season long as Aston Villa are back in the big time, as are, for the first time, in a long time, Sheffield United under Chris Wilder. They've spent a bit of money, more than Norwich. Ollie McBurney has come in up to $24 million. He has cost Lise Mousset from Bournemouth. He didn't really get much time, did he, playing time at Bournemouth. He's come in. Uh, quite a good list. Phil Jagielka, it's his boyhood club. He used to play for them many moons ago. Has also come in. Sheffield United. Um, what do we make of their chances, of their action, this transfer window, Arlo? Well, Rebecca, um, in terms of the players they've signed, mm. it's plentiful. But yeah. the manager seems to be a, a very, very popular figure. Local yeah. lad, Chris Wilder. What does he bring to that club? I think he brings more than maybe the persona gives off. I think he's bright, he's intelligent, he's tactically smart. Look out for overlapping centre-backs. And I'm telling you, <laughs> overlapping centre-backs, he plays with the system. McBurney got goals for Swansea, I think it was 24. Lish Musay could bring goals. Phil Jagielka at the back. Ravel Morrison is a wild card that could really come good if he can get on the ball. Can't wait to see Wilder ball in mm. action. Let's talk about <laughs> Ravel Morrison because he's been around a number of clubs yet to really make an impact in the Premier League. Could be last chance saloon here, Greg. Yeah, but he, he's got quality and he had a huge amount of potential. I think he need, it's all about his relationship with the manager. Mm. I think if the manager can get the best out of him and give, show him a lot of love but also keep him disciplined then he's got a chance to develop. And he's at a club there where it's going to be hard work first mm. and talent second. If you can get that in the right order, Ravel Morrison could be a good player for them. Not sure about Rebecca on the field, but the, uh, the chip butties off it at Bramall Lane. <laughs> oh, can't wait to taste them. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Lucky you, Arlo. You will. So we're almost at close of play then for the 2019 transfer window. Lukaku has got what he wanted. He's at Inter. Tottenham have two new players, including Ryan Sessegnon today. And we await confirmation that David Luiz is an Arsenal player. Back in a tick. We're nearing the end of our show. If you are just joining us, this has been the biggest headline. Romelu Lukaku has got his wish. He has moved to Inter for $90 million. No longer a Manchester United player. A big amount of money for the Belgian striker. That happened in the last couple of hours. Tottenham have had a fruitful day as well. Giovanni Lo Celso. The Argentinian from Real Betis on loan with a view to making it a permanent. There is an option to buy. He's come into Spurs, as has the fullback from Fulham, Ryan Sessignon, 19 years old. $36.5 million he signed on a six-year deal. Two deals yet to be confirmed today. David Luiz should be an Arsenal player, leaving Chelsea in the next few minutes. We await confirmation. Alex Awobi, meanwhile, we know he's had a medical in London, the Arsenal player. That is ahead of a move to Everton for a fee in the region of 45 to $50 million. Now, be sure to go online and stay tuned to NBCSports.com slash soccer all afternoon and evening for the latest updates on all the potential transfers that have not yet been confirmed. That's where you can find them elsewhere today. Arsenal have also brought in Kieran Tierney from Celtic for $30 million. They're really trying to strengthen up that defence. Andy Carroll, you heard from him earlier. He's gone back to Newcastle United after an eight-and-a-half-year gap on a free transfer for a one-year deal. Danny Drinkwater confirmed on Instagram he's joined Burnley on loan until January from Chelsea, the Leicester Premier League winner, of course. Watford have signed Ismaila Saar for a club record $36.5 million. Ismaila Saar, I should say, and Aaron Moy has joined Brighton on loan from Huddersfield. I can tell you that Mo Bezic, the Everton player, has moved to Sheffield United in the last few minutes. That was one of the deal sheets. He has gone from Everton, Mo Bezic, to Sheffield United. NBCSports.com slash soccer for all the confirmations as they come in from those deal sheets. Right, prediction time, my favourite time of the year. Carl Martino, relegation, Newcastle, Crystal Palace. He says he thought Zaha was going, that's why he's put them in, but he's sticking, sticking with, it. with it. Sheffield United to come bottom. Robbie Earl, Brighton, Norwich and Sheffield United. Poor old Sheffield United coming bottom in all but Robbie Musto's predictions. He's gone for Brighton, 
Villa, despite the money. No, you can't have a comment no on it. No friends in this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dean Smith was my friend. I went for dinner, but he's going down. Newcastle, Botman, the league. Graham Lasso, Newcastle as well. Norwich and Sheffield United. Lee Dixon not here, but will be with us this weekend. Norwich, Brighton and Sheffield United for him. In terms of the top six, what do our chaps think? Well, Carl, they've all gone, except for Robbie and Graham, for a Manchester City triple winning uh, Premier League title ride. City, City, Liverpool, Liverpool and City is how that top place looks. But everyone's gone for either City or Liverpool in the top two. All five of our pundits have gone for Spurs in third. Then you've got a mixture, really, of Manchester United, Arsenal and Chelsea. So nobody has picked anyone to break in that top six. Final thoughts from Arlo and the Chaps in the news from upstairs. Chaps, winners and losers in the, in the transfer window. North London. Great window, mm. Spurs and Arsenal. Not so good for Manchester United. Got some money. Mm. Now, are they going to get the goals with Lukaku gone? We shall see, Graham. Yeah, I think, um, I think it's been a good window for Manchester City as well because I just think they've just upped the quality a little bit more, kept it competitive. Tottenham and, uh, and Arsenal, good business as well. Everton have done a lot of business. Can they make that transition into the, uh, mm. the really valuable top six spots. Throw a West Ham in there as well. They've mm. not done too yeah. badly. Jim White is still going. The man is a machine. <laughs> Nearly four hours and counting. Change Rebecca. of batteries. Arlo, gentlemen, thank you very much. Robert, your final thoughts on the transfer window? I think it's Tottenham for me as well, because, you know, so often they haven't spent money. The managers want them to spend money and get to a different level. They've brought some good players in. Excited to see that team. Kyle, for you? Well, I'm clearly the only one with optimism about Manchester United. I, I just see this window differently. I, I see that Shaw and Lindelof were, were two of their better performers last year, and Maguire and Juan Bissaka, two of the better defenders in the Premier League last year. They're immediately better defensively. I like the youth. I think Pogba's going to get back mm -hmm. on side, and I think that changes things. But we'll might, see. though, miss goals with Romelu Lukaku yeah. now gone. That is all, though, for our time here at this magnificent Sky campus in West London. A massive, massive thank you to our new colleagues at Sky for their hospitality and Collaboration. We're so excited to see where this new partnership is going to take us. We may be done today, but the action just about to begin because we are heading up to Anfield tomorrow morning ahead of the opening game of the season. Before we come on air at 2 o'clock, the Men in Blazers with their season preview special at half past one. Then join us, Premier League Live from 2 at Anfield ahead of Liverpool against Norwich City under Daniel Farker. His first taste of Premier League life as well. So that's Friday. We then travel from the northwest down back to London, to North London, the new home of Tottenham Hotspur. They are the late game on NBC at 12.30, Tottenham Villa. The early game will be on air from seven, ahead of West Ham against the champions, Manchester City. It's followed by Bournemouth against new boys, Sheffield United. That's how eight hours of live coverage looks this coming Saturday for you. In terms of Sunday, we then travel from North London back up to Old Trafford. Seven hours of live coverage coming your way. It's a new starting time every Sunday this season, 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN every Sunday this season, building up to two games at 9 o'clock, and then it's the big one, Manchester United against Frank Lampard's Chelsea at half past 11. But it is to Merseyside that we go. The European champions open the season against Premier League new boys Norwich. We'll have a pitch-side desk and studio at Anfield to bring you all the action and all the access. It's what you've been waiting for. The football is back. We'll see you tomorrow at 2. Bye for now. That is all for part two of the Transfer Deadline Day special. We'll have you covered all season long as we review and debate the key moments of the 2019-20 Premier League season. Be sure to subscribe for free to the Two Robbies podcast on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And tune in on weekends at 7am Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN. Good night.